Hey, you busy? Mm-mm. Okay, let me run something past you real quick. So I got a Holy Spirit download. You know what that means. I got a Holy Spirit download. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, sure did. That's what it sounds like when the download hits my soul. You have a nice day. Listen, I had a few things happen this week that just brought on this eureka moment. And I was like, you know what? <laughs> Got to pick up the phone and call who but you. You know it. And I just thought to myself, I wonder if you or anyone that you know kind of struggles or suffers with this as well. And the only way that I can coin it, because, you know, I like to term things and just, hmm, how can I put this so that we'll always be able to eat from this particular fruit? And I want to call this particular struggle, this particular seed, this particular fruit, life subscriptions. Let me tell you about it. Um, wrote a song about it. Here you go. So was at work <laughs> and had a situation occur that I was like, huh. One of the people in the most highest positions at this particular place of employment made a statement that didn't sit right with me. I know the intent behind it. I know the heart behind it. But it was like, hmm, this didn't sit right. So let me give you some backdrop. So you know how certain establishments, they give off to certain charities and for good causes. And so in lieu of that, what they do is they'll have you do a dress down day. And then you give a couple of dollars for wearing jeans and a particular shirt. So it'll be pink for breast cancer awareness or purple for domestic violence or whatever the platform is that you're trying to go ahead and participate in. Right. So there was a flyer that went out that said, hey, all employees, all staff uh, want you to wear jeans. Okay, great. And when you wear your blue jeans I want you to wear a pink shirt in honor of in that particular situation okay great so I went ahead and did it because uh, yeah and so the person in the highest level of authority sent out an email and said hey want everybody to kind of do this this that and the third and that we're going to take a group picture awesome okay so the next day I come dressed to impress you know have my pink blazer on the only way we know how to do but it's to shut it down, you understand? And a remark was made. Now, some people, a lot of people had their blue jeans on. A little bit of people participated in the pink. But there were some people that wore the pink top but just didn't wear the jeans with it. And that's fine. I get it. Okay, great. So the statement that was made was, I don't wear jeans to work. You don't wear jeans to work. And so I was eavesdropping, but it was in a group setting the conversation was being had so it wasn't a you know eavesdropping situation but I just want to let you know it wasn't directed to me and so then there was like chatter like oh I only wore it because you sent the email or because and she was like yeah but you know I had a mentor that told me very early on in my career that no matter what you do not wear jeans to work so I don't wear jeans to work but the force and the impact <laughs> that was behind the verbiage was like, oh, no. And so it made me feel some kind of way. So I gave myself a little mental timeout, and I was like, timeout, you're going to carry this for the whole entire day. You're about to make this woman feel like you came to work with nothing but a T-shirt on and 
and that's it. Like you, you about to feel like that small, that uncomfortable, that disgusting because someone says something. And what you're not realizing is you would have never done this Friday or not, if not for the email and the flyer. And you want it to feel like you were a part of the spirit of the office. You know, I want to participate. I'll give them a little $3, you know, woohoo to this charity event. Let's do it. So this was not something that you came in like they like you came in in sneakers and they were like, uh, you know, we don't do that here. You didn't break a rule. You are actually trying to combine and be a part of, again, the spirit of the office. So I had to talk myself through that one. I ain't going to hold you. And that particular thought process and the even needing for me to talk to myself, I had to sit down and ask myself why. So I came back home and I talked to my husband about it. And I was like, you know, I guess it's just because I see this person of a certain stature as excellence. Like the accolades that she has, the way that she's been able to soar in her particular career path, I look at her as, wow, that is a true demonstration of excellence. And let me just pause there. Have you ever had it? Because I know that we see people on TV or celebrity or someone who you possibly know, but have you ever had it where you were so close? I'm talking about elbow close to someone that when you looked at all that they accomplished in their lives, in their career, that you you are actually blown away not even dollar amount you know not not even not particularly that but what they were able to accomplish in their lives particularly in their career and was like wow I'm in awe of you not just because you're the one that makes the big bucks but because like this I'm talking about this person is in newspapers in in, in my local newspaper okay one of my uh One of the things that I've been seeing is that we're clipping out at least three times a week, if that, if it's a slow week, on things to go ahead and either put in some type of scrapbook or to go ahead and just frame it because she is, I mean, breaking all kind of barriers, doing some great things in the community, and it's just like, oh, my goodness. And so when I looked at her, I looked at her as someone to aspire to, right? Someone to not be like her, but to aspire. I don't ever want to run it, run in someone's lane, but I would sure like it if I can at least be on your team. If I could figure out how you do that Usain Bolt thing that you do so that I can start training with you and have some of that excellence and some of that the accolades and all of that come off and be a part of my life. You see what I'm saying? And so it it. I always look at someone who's who's in a position that wows me because it's very few far and in between if you're not on a TV tube, okay? But if I come across someone that I'm like, whoa, <laughs> you're doing something that is not normal. This is not every day, Monday, Tuesday. This is like, wow. So if you speak a thing, if you say a thing, it almost trickles down to me as a law. Yeah, something that you must follow because the person, if you want to aspire even a smickle, of what they have accomplished, and you would do the thing that they're saying. So when she said, I don't wear jeans to work, that thing weighed on me so heavy. But thank God for my husband. Because when I came back home and told him, I was like, you know, I was able to shake it off, but I did feel some kind of way. But you know how I'm going to look at that? I'm going to look at that like I have a new, you know, barrier to follow when it comes to confidence. I have a new barometer now. So if, you know, I'm just going to go ahead and for now on not wear jeans. And he looked at me, he was like, hmm. No, <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, her commitment is not going to be my covenant. I was like, hmm, 
I'm sorry. Now, my husband is rule follower. You think I'm a rule follower? No, he is rule follower. But he has a little rebellion in him, right? Like, I think sometimes he was getting a lot of beatings because, like, they told him to go to bed. And he was like, I'm going to eat this last little piece of candy. Like, I think he was that little kid. But don't talk about him because that's somebody's grandbaby. And that's my husband, okay? But, like, low-key, he be having a little rebellion. And I be like, husband, you would really just be like, no, bro, I'm finna wear jeans if it's Friday and we could dress down. That's what I'm doing. He was like, yeah, because you know what? If it was said in a way that was aspiring, you know, encouraging, just like, hey, you guys, you know, I just want to go ahead and make sure that we have an office that's just, you know, maintains a certain level of professionalism. If it was said in that vein, I probably would be like, you know what, I could respect that. But the fact that you had it where you like, um, yeah, I don't wear jeans makes me want to wear jeans every Friday. Every single Friday. I don't even care if it's the same gene. That's what I'm doing. But what you will not do and what I would not allow someone to do, again, my husband talking, is make it where because you are convicted with it, now it's my covenant. Now it's something I have to follow. Then if that's the case, then you shouldn't have okay to dress down day. But what you're not going to do is allow something and it make me feel bad because you allowed it. No. And I looked at my husband and I was like, never before have I wanted to kiss a face so passionately. You understand? I just was like, you know what? I said, husband, thank you for that, because I almost let that be my law. He was like, yeah, mm-mm. <laughs> as soon as a Friday come up, I'm wearing it. The end. No, that's the one day people get to relax, because that's, that's the, you know, whatever was put out, dressed on Friday. So if you don't want to sign off on that, if it's such a big deal, and that's what he said that got me. He said, if it's such a, if it's such a conviction for her, then why didn't she put it where it's just in the verbiage for all dress downs. Like it should not be a dress down if that's such a conviction for her. And I was like, huh? He was like, no. So because it's not that big of a conviction, you're not going to make it for me. And I was like, wow, (laughs) seeing the new side. Okay. Which brought me to my next thing, maybe like a couple of days or a week before having that conversation. Again, this is all within a two week. I'm like, wow. Okay, great. I was talking to him, my husband about finances. And started getting flustered and hot and just like, okay, great. And, you know, not struggling because I don't want you to be in my business. Not struggling anything that to that degree. But I, again, <laughs> when I see someone that I aspire to reflect, which you know already know, I don't told you many a times, Dave Ramsey. I love the fact that this man was able to overcome and he had two bankruptcies and he was able, now he's a multi-millionaire and he's teaching people how to get out and, you know, make the best of their financial lives. And I love the fact that he follows the principles of the Bible when it comes to finances. And I'm just like, wow, go get it. And so I, I, I write down, I know his um, seven baby steps, like it's the, the seven commandments. You understand? Like I know it by heart. And I remember just being so adamant like no this is how we should do our money and this and the third and my husband has said a few times like I don't want to be just you know just that feeling of tightness like this is how we have to live he said you know I want to be a little looser and not out of control not um anything that looks like it's reckless like we're not good stewards over our money but I also don't want to be so tight that by the time I'm able to enjoy my money you know it's too late like I don't want to do that what's the point of that we're working hard we're reasonable we're doing what we have to do like why are you so tight on that and so I said you know what I'm starting to see a pattern here I looked at Dave Ramsey and I said man I aspire 
to be a multimillionaire, to follow Christ in my finances, to be humble enough to help people in their finances, should they ask or need to, you know, all these different things. And so it was like, oh, okay. But husband was like, listen, you, you know what? And I'm not fighting you on, on certain things, but Dave Ramsey can't give you the blueprint to our lives. He doesn't have the situation. So he named our particular blueprint and then compared it to him. He said, you know, Dave Ramsey had one wife, <laughs> children with his one wife. Um, you know, he was making millions before he was 20. So he has a whole different dynamic. He can walk into a bank and say, hey, I need to borrow this if he needed to. You know, he's a, he's a different you know, he's from the Caucasus. Okay, great. You know, he's not the same complected as us. It's a different culture. And so he's like, I get what he's saying. And I love the fact that he's doing it on biblical principles. But we don't have to stop breathing for a little bit just because Dave Ramsey said so. And I was like, because I remember saying no. He said, and if you heard him ever before, you know this. He said, we got to um eat rice and beans and beans and rice. And husband was like, I'm not going to miss out on any pieces of chicken if it's within budget, I'm not doing that, babe. And I was like, and at first, I ain't going to hold you. I felt some kind of way. You're coming against the plan. We're going to be the first millionaires in our family. And then when the situation with the jeans happened, matter of fact, no, I'm telling the story. When I got hot talking about the conversation, I had a robe on, I had to take it off. He was like, why is that making you so hot? And so I went and took a minute to kind of like think about it. And I came back. I said, you know what I think it is? I have looked at these seven baby sips of Dave Ramsey as the blueprint for our lives. And I am such a planner and I'm so intense when I have a goal that if I'm not reaching it, I feel like I'm failing. And he was like, babe, take the limits off. You literally wrote out a five-year plan. That is excellent. But if it happens in five years and two months, you're not a failure. If it happens sooner, praise God, God, God can do it. But if it happens in six years, you're not a failure. And for him to repeat that to me, I was like, oh my gosh, because I'm looking up. He said, you know, you should save 20% down on the house and it should be in this time. And you should have, you know, three to six expenses and it should be in this time. And you should be able to pay off all your debt within this time. And I'm like, okay. Like I'm just learning how to swim, but I'm like, nope. He said you're supposed to know how to get in the deep feet, in the six feet by this time, and you're supposed to be deep diving. You're supposed to be matter of fact, you should be scubaing at this point, man. What you doing? And I have a competitive spirit, but only when it comes to me. I feel like I should be as good as what someone I'm aspiring to be said I should. And I don't know where I developed that. I'm more than certain it's childhood, but it was just a eureka moment. Then today, okay, having conversations with my child on about Christmas stuff. And I said, you know, um, I don't really like the spirit of Christmas, what it is now that you're supposed to be buying expensive stuff just to be having it. Like we're moving away from the memories and the family time and the experiences. And so his, after all that, he was like, so what's my budget? Because I really want to start looking around like Black Friday. And I was like, oh, okay, um, well, for you, 250 And he looked at me, he said, 250 I said, yeah. He said, man, oh, oh, we'll be able to get with that. It's a pair of sneakers, Air Force Ones, and maybe some socks. And I felt something in me want to nudge up the price, like, okay, what about what about 300 Now, mind you, I save for Christmas at least a G, <laughs> at least 1000 every year. But this time it was like, why? Something about after 2020, it was like, all that excess for what? Because you can? 
No, like I don't I don't want to do that no more. Just like earlier in my marriage, when, when when people that I respected was like, now listen, now you know you gotta dress sexy all the time. And I'm like, man, really? Cause I be cold. And that lingerie don't be having anything fleecy. And I just yeah. And so I try to go ahead and be and we had this conversation before you and I. I tried to go ahead and look cute. And my husband was like, Where you going? I was like, um, to cook. He was like, Babe, you're not cold. I was like, yeah, but <laughs> no, <laughs> you know, again, shivering. I'm sure, sure he saw the goosebumps. Probably thought I had got attacked by 50,000 mosquitoes because <laughs> the um, goosebumps look like mosquito bites infected. And so I was like, are you okay? So I tried to play it off like, bruh, this is light work. <laughs> Welcome to being married. Until he hugged me, he was like, you're freezing. And I was like, but such and such told me I'm supposed to be walking around sexy because men are visual. And he was like, did you ask me what's sexy to me? Like, like, can you, can you not subscribe to somebody else's thing? And I was like, okay. And then last but not least, again, today, my son was like, um, he knows how I feel about us all eating down for dinner, right? Because in my childhood, we didn't all sit down as a family, you know. Some people ate in their room. We couldn't because we wasn't grown. That's fine. Talk about somebody else's grandbaby. Um, but, you know, you, you the food is on top of the, the um, stove. Make a plate. Okay, great. Um, you be all right. Okay, great. That's how it's going to work out. And so I just developed this thing with my children. Like, no, we're all going to sit down as a family. We're going to talk. We're going to blah, blah, blah. And my son be like, um, so it's this party right that my friends are going to um that I'm going to be going to and and it's like bro it really is near dinner time all the time like I don't really I don't understand and so I finally got to the place that I I linked the whole Christmas thing like 250 and then the fact that I was like where did where did that come from that you save a thousand dollars and you want to like what it all. And it was because I had to admit to myself, I said, Oh my goodness, all of my Christmases as a child was amazing. So somewhere in that I developed a, because my Christmases were amazing. I want to do the same for my children. Yeah. But it shouldn't put you in bondage. It shouldn't make you feel like, um, what his sneakers cost when his foot was smaller. Don't cost what his, what sneakers cost now because he has a size 13 plus, like there are things that, that change. And so you can allow for your perspective to change in something as well. The whole thing with dinner time, you having a hard time because once again, he has to, we have to eat as a family and he's not here cause he's out or he's whatever. And it's like, listen, 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 you can give him an amazing childhood because and still do things a little differently. It can, the things that you're holding on to, it's not affecting his childhood. It's infecting your parenthood. Like literally, you holding on to stuff that is like, um, yeah, we can rewrite that for you. And so I, I looked at the, the premise of that and I'm like, with the work gene situation, it was because someone that I aspire to you know to to even get to that platform that I feel like that's a whole different bracket the accolades and all that so I aspire to get into that bracket to really make that bracket my home that that career excellence I like yeah I want to get there and it's like you subscribe to that and so you looked at the person that you aspire to reflect and you made it your law Dave Ramsey you looked at him you were inspired 
And so then you made it your subscription with your Christmases, with you being a child. You made it your subscription with the people said earlier on in your marriage. You made it your your prescription when it's subscription with the people said you should be doing. Like it's like time out. Don't you see a pattern that you can subscribe to something, be it good or bad? And these things were good intent, good intentions, but it resulted in bondage. Why can't you see it as? I can take that blueprint, but I can make it my own so that it it feels like it's customized to me. When my husband and I were looking at houses before, there were certain houses that we were very clear on. Oh, this is a starter home. (laughs) Yeah, this is definitely not for someone of our family size. So, no, this is not going to work. Yeah, this is cute, but it doesn't have the backyard that my husband is looking for. So it's not even an option. And then there were some things that it was like, man, this house would almost be perfect if we can add an extra bathroom and then push out this like is there a way you can knock down this wall and like give me less kitchen space and make this more of a this that a third and when we actually spoke to like you know an architect of that sort they were like oh no this is pretty much the dynamic and the blueprint of this house it cannot be changed it cannot be this that and a third and then there were some homes that we actually saw in the building process that we were like maybe if we catch y'all early we can say um hey can you add a, um a this that and a third or whatever it is that we were more so looking for and even those people were like Mm-mm, because there was already a blueprint in mind did you catch that there was already a blueprint in mind so what you have, the picture that you have in your mind doesn't fit here. So you have one or two options. You either cram and try to occupy the space that has already been fixed, or you go ahead and you live a life that allows you to create what is in your mind, that allows you to create the blueprint in your heart. Let me explain something to you that I learned late, <laughs> like literally today years old. You do not have to feel limited with a limitless God. You do not have to feel like this is the only way to have a successful marriage. This is, pause, within the covenant of God, okay, decency and order. You have a nice day. Open nothing. Open marriages. Rebuke it in the name of Jesus. Have a nice day. And I said it, and so let's just continue on before. Okay, have a nice day. There is not only one way to get to success. There is not only one way to receive that particular place that you want to be in your life. There is another place to get there. There is another way to divulge and say, okay, you know what? I've never seen this before. And can I be honest with you? A lot of the things that I subscribe to, the reason why I looked at this particular personnel authority figure, and I looked that Dave Ramsey is because I've never seen this before in my regular life these people are not tangible to me like this is not like oh yeah my uncle and my aunt this is not regular so when I see something that's irregular but it's also excellent it's like so what did you do what did you do tell me what you did so I can go ahead and do that and there is a danger in that from what I'm seeing there's a, a, a social media influencer that I absolutely love Tabitha Brown Oh, like so like that? Yeah, love her. Uh, and if you don't know, she's a vegan enthusiast. She's just awesome. All all things Southern North Carolina beauty, just natural, just gorgeous, just everything Tabitha Brown. You look her up. I ain't got the time. Okay, great. So I watched her kind of, I was like, okay, I was having a hard time trying to figure out what I can eat for breakfast. 
I, I'm, I cannot have the eggs, the bacon, the pancakes, the waffles, you know, the sugary stuff. My body is saying, hey, it doesn't work for us. You have a nice day. So I was getting bored and also limited on what I could eat for breakfast. I'm like, okay, so I'm just going to have to just drink some tea and then take a couple of pieces of whatever fruit doesn't give me a reaction and then have to just really chow down for lunch. So upon really asking God, like, okay, can you show me the ropes? Can you show me the ways? I came across Tabitha Brown. And I was like, okay, so what does she eat for breakfast? Because she's like healthy.com backslash. And so I'm getting ideas from her, and I'm like, oh, okay, wow. And this one video, she said something that was so freeing to me that I was like, oh, my goodness. She said, you can change these meals however you see fit because there's some things that's going to work for me that doesn't work for you. Because lo and behold, I was looking at what she made, and I said, I can't have cashews. Because cashews give me like a mucus reaction. I can't have it. Uh, there was something else. Mushrooms. I'm afraid to eat them. I just, I don't, nothing that grows in my yard. I want to eat. Just not, mm -mm, I don't want to do that. Not a fungus. Okay, great. I don't care if it's a fungi. Okay. Um, not interested. And so I said, you know what? I can still eat healthy, but not eat what she's eating. And then it just clicked. I was like, so do you get it? that you can customize your own plan? Like, do you get it? That you can do what's good for you and not what's good just for somebody else who looks like you or who you aspire to be like? Like, do you get it? Are you starting to see that just because it's rooted in something good, it can bring you to a bad place? Because if I would have made what Tabitha Brown made, it would have been delicious. It probably would have been nutritious, but it would have been bad for me. What is good and healthy for her would have been bad and debilitating for me. And I had to really come to a honest moment in myself. And I said, let me explain something to you. It, it, it's okay to understand that you are unpacking you for the rest of your life. A couple of years ago, I would have told you, like, I know myself. <laughs> I, I know what I like. I know what I don't like. I know what I, but if I'm honest, there's a difference between knowing yourself and dissecting yourself. You literally, literally, and I want you to see this. I feel like everyone is a duffel bag. And when you put your hand, you can unzip it and look and see the contents like, oh, okay, it's a Rubik's Cube over there and there's some pennies and paper. I don't really know what this box is. There's a key somewhere else in the bag. I got to find that. And you can see all the things. And in a snapshot, you can see, oh, okay, I, I see what's in the bag and you can close it back up. Travel, but not have any idea how to utilize these things in the path and the journey of your life. I have gotten to the place that I've actually sat down with the duffel bag, unzipped it and said, what is this part of me? What needs to be updated? What works for me? And where is God trying to bring me with all of these contents? Because I feel like the items in the duffel bag is exactly what you need. It is exactly what you need. God put everything that you need in the inside of you, that what you need for your purpose to be walked out, what you need for you to go ahead and get that bigger plan that bigger vision out into the world everything that you need is in the inside of you and so I'm illustrating it through the duffel bag but through life the duffel bag gets beat up the zipper may be a little bit broken up you know it may just it, it probably was that one color but what life did to it it's a little bit more tingy now and it may be some stains on it may, but the contents the contents didn't change so what you have to do is go inside the duffel bag really sit down and have a quiet moment with God and say, so this part of me, can you make it make sense? Like, I don't understand. There was once a time that I just felt like, I don't think I like people. I'm, I just, I just, I don't, 
like people are stupid. Like again, I'm I'm being unveiled. Don't judge me, okay? And it was just irritating until God showed me like you're a personable introvert. You absolutely love people. You love to encourage them. You like to make them feel good. But you are drained when you are around them for too long. You need to sit it down. And when you sit down and you recharge, you are not only a better person, you are a better people person. I was like, really? Because when I be taking these tests, you know, person, they say I'm extrovert. But you know what, bro? You may be right because I look at the clock really fast Um, when we out somewhere. And I'm like, ooh, okay. I don't really like did I grow into an introvert it's like no you're growing into yourself now you finally have the space the energy and the know-how to go ahead and really identify oh this is who I am so that's why you're able to really feel at sometimes like you know what I don't think that this is right it started off as good intentions but it's not feeling right and the more that you understand yourself and you're able to really dissect yourself I promise you life will just start to lead you on a path that you're like how was I traveling before how did this happen and it made me even think of Moses when I thought about what Moses did back in Exodus 2 I was like man if Moses and I could have had this conversation I could have saved buddy 40 years in Midian you understand so real quick you know I read from the NOT version we're going to jump all the way down to verse 11 where it says Moses escaped to Midian so the Bible says many years later when Moses had grown up He went out to visit his own people, the Hebrews, and he saw how hard they were forced to work. During his visit, he saw an Egyptian beating one of his fellow Hebrews. Twelve. After looking in all directions to make sure no one was watching, Moses killed the Egyptian and hid the body in the sand. Mm. Thirteen. The next day, when Moses went out to visit his people again, he saw two Hebrew men fighting. Why are you beating up your friend? Moses said to one who started the fight. 14, the man replied, who appointed you to be our prince and judge? Are you going to kill me as you killed the Egyptian yesterday? (gasps) Then Moses was afraid, thinking, everyone knows what I did. 15, and sure enough, Pharaoh heard what had happened, and he tried to kill Moses. But Moses fled from Pharaoh and went to live in the land of Midian. When Moses arrived in Midian, he sat down beside a well. 16, now the priest of Midian has seven daughters who came as usual to draw water and filled the water trails for their father's flocks. 17. But some other shepherds came and chased them away. So Moses jumped up and rescued the girls from the shepherds. Then he drew water for their flocks. Here's my thing. <laughs> Moses was subscribed to something good. His life subscription was, I'm going to make sure that I take care of the people that can't take care of themselves. The Bible just say that Moses saw, like, the Egyptians, y'all working my people too much. Like, what you doing? The, the Bible literally started off with the verse 11 saying um, he went to go see his people, the Hebrews. Like, I'm, I'm being real clear, okay? I want y'all to know. I know I'm in the palace. I know Pharaoh's daughter's raising me and all that. But I'm going to go out and visit my own people, the Hebrews. And so when he saw how hard they were working, he was like, oh, okay. And then he saw somebody beating up on one of his people. And he was like, bro, this is not going to happen. Not on my watch. So what I'm finna do. I'm going to look to the left a little bit, look to the right a little bit, make sure I look behind me, and ca can and then it's going to be a wrap, and that's what you're going to do, and I'm going to hide you, bro. And so I wish that Moses, when that confrontation happened with the Hebrews, and he had to ask them, like, my brother, like, what y'all doing? I wish after Buddy was like, oh, so what you going to do, kill me, blah, blah, blah. I wish that Moses knew himself enough to say, but I was protecting y'all. 
Like, I know I was in the palace and, you know, I eat the four meals a day with the grace being fed to me and the royal treatment and all that. But, like, none of that matters to me because the Hebrews are my people. And so I'm never going to be okay, ever, never. I don't care how much in the palace I am. It's never going to be okay for me to watch my people be in any kind of bondage. And so when I saw that, yeah, I had a reaction. And I killed Buddy. You're absolutely right. But let me explain this to you. I don't have that same feel or that slap knee reaction or whatever to go and do that to you because you're my brother. But when I saw that Egyptian do what he did to our brother, I did what needed to be done. Like, I wish Moses had a little bit of shit night in him, like a little bit like, oh, okay, <laughs> and come the death row records. Like, what you want to do, bro? Like, I wish a little bit, kind of, sort of. But wait, what did he let that do? He let the thought process of somebody else that he was aspiring to, right? Because he, in the heart of it, Moses just wanted to be accepted by his people. Yeah, I wasn't raised like y'all, but I'm still y'all. Like, I, I see my complexion, bro. <laughs> I'm looking at my hand and arms. Like, I see it. I see the shape of my nose. Like, yeah, you're my brother for real. Like, I, okay, I, I, I know where I come from. I'm not one of those people. I, I wish he would have, at the heart of that, just been able to just realize I want to be accepted, but not to the point that you were willing to reject yourself, Moses. That when somebody said something and then word got out to Pharaoh, you were like, oh, no. And so you ran to Midian for 40 years. But then not even 0.5 seconds later, I even want to guess it was on your way, making your way downtown to Midian, that you saw that the daughters were mishandled when they were trying to go ahead and get the waters for their flocks real quick. You was like, buddy, not on my watch. So Mo Moses it's in you to make sure that people who can't defend themselves are taken care of. It's in you. You can't fight that. And so what if you would have allowed that space in your life where you like, listen, I'm not, I'm not running from what I know myself to be. Okay. It's, it's just, I'm sorry. I'm not, but I had to go ahead and connect that I wasn't the only person that took a life subscription and almost let it put me in bondage for the rest of my life. And praise God that at the end of 40 years in Midian, God was like, okay, now let me go ahead and have this burning bush moment with you, Moses, because I need you because you can run, you can hide, you can try to, you know, just do the football, like stiff arm to the things that I've called you to do, but you can never change your operating system because what is in your duffel bag is exactly what I need for you to do in your life. You have to take the time to unpack that and say, mm, okay, God, um, so, so how do I use this for my good so that these life subscriptions aren't actually turning into um, earth sentences for me, that I don't feel like I'm in an earthly jail because of the things that I've subscribed to? Moses, don't, again, you wanted to be so accepted that you rejected yourself, that I had to look back at me. You, you, you want to aspire to be so excellent that this person speaking in authority Put you in bondage. You, you, you'll never, never wear jeans again. I'll burn them. Uh -oh. Literally, that, that's how far you was willing to go. And I'm talking to myself. So go ahead and you know, listen. It's not gossip. Okay, great. So yeah, that's how willing in your head you were like. So from now to, to Jesus come, you just decided, no, I'm never going to wear jeans because somebody else said it. You know that there's a tasteful way to, way to wear jeans to work, right? Nobody's saying you're wearing a crop top and you got the booty all out. Like, to be honest with you, and I'm going to go ahead and give you the visual. I had on some loafers, a pair of blue jeans. I had a white shirt, a pink boyfriend blazer, which means that it's a little oversized and it, it covers my, my husband parts, okay? 
And that was taste tasteful. You do know that there's a tasteful way to wear jeans to work if it is allowed. You do know that there's a calmer pace to getting to your financial goals without feeling like you can't breathe, you can't eat nothing outside of rice and beans and beans and rice, you can't do anything until you're out of this hole. And then that's when, no, 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 no. There's, you do know there's a more, there's a breathable way to get your financial goals, right? If you're a good steward and you're not reckless with money, you do know that you can still give Christmas experiences without going into Christmas debt. You do realize that, right? You do realize that there is a way to entice your husband or your spouse or whatever that looks like in your marriage without doing it the exact same blueprint way that somebody else did it and you know what the caveat is to that the majority of the people that were telling me what to do weren't married then when I went ahead and was asking married people what did they did they had the wisdom enough to tell me what works in my marriage is not going to work in your marriage you have to figure out what works in your marriage and praise God for the people who are honest enough to tell me because if I had a newly married woman come up to me and say what do I do to A, B, and C I can give her some of the basic principles right speak respectfully to each other try not to talk when you're upset because um, some people you, you when you're talking you want it to be heard you don't want it to be felt okay I can go ahead and give her that I can go ahead and give her you need to be a good communicator you need to try to go ahead and give your husband exactly the the nucleus of what he needs without giving him all the extra because you need to he he's a fixer and so he wants to be able to hear what to fix and so if you can minimize on the screaming and the crying and everything else and I think you'll be in good standing also keep outside people outside and keep what's going on in your marriage inside like I can give her things like that but I can't give her this is what you got to cook him this is how you have to be intimate with him this is I can't give her that it's not a recipe. Like, like it, it really, I mean, it is a recipe, low-key, because Christ has to be in the center of it, but it's a customized recipe. I, I asked somebody at the job, my previous job one time, how do you make your macaroni and cheese? <laughs> she named some cheeses I never heard of and told me that her secret recipe, I kid you not, she said it was from her aunt, that it was cream of mushroom. And I was like, oh. Can you tell me why? She said, yeah, because I like my macaroni and cheese creamy. I said, yeah, and I like mine cheesy and solid. She was like, mm-mm, I don't like it. And so literally the recipe that she would have given me wouldn't worked for me. And the recipe that I would have given her if she asked would have been disgusting to her. So when I say that somebody else can't give you their recipe, they can't. Because what their ultimate goal is, is is not your goal. I don't want creamy macaroni and cheese. That doesn't make me excited to go to anybody's house for Thanksgiving. Meanwhile, she didn't want nothing that was solid. It was like, why is this whole thing just one big block of cheese and why? I don't understand. I told her that I cut the cheese up in a certain way. She was like, who got time for that? And so even swapping recipes was an issue because it was customized to somebody else's palate. And so while it is awesome to have a blueprint, to have a, you know, a plan, a course of action that you want to take, okay, this is what I aspire to, it's always good to have that, but it's a detriment to your growth when you say I have to do it the way that somebody else did. Because the Bible that I read, 
I don't read that Jesus healed the same way every time. I don't read that all the prophets had the same experiences. I don't. And so I don't know where we get this oneness from. I don't know if it's from school, but it is taught, you know, everybody goes through this math class and everybody got to pass this citywide test and everybody has to pass this SAT. And, you know, where life showed us, we all have to excel the same way, the same exact time. So you can try to cheat off somebody else's test and not know exactly what you're doing. And what it really is is I feel like life is a test but it's customized to what God has for you so it would really behoove you not to look at somebody else sitting on the left of you sitting on the right of you look at their test because the answer that you will put on that you found from their test will be wrong for yours and you'll look at it like what that's the same number three. Like, I kind of glanced. I looked at your question. I said, okay, C was the same, so I chose C. But what you don't understand is that they're studying to be a scientist. <laughs> You're studying to be a teacher. And so although you may be in the same vicinity, you have a totally different outcome that God is trying to get out of you. So my challenge to you is to go ahead and cancel all subscriptions in your life. Because I'm more than certain that if you are really honest with yourself, you have subscribed to how your father worked, what you saw your mother do, how you went ahead and saw such and such deal with their children, how that marriage, whatever the case may be, and your family does it A, B, and C. And I need you to cancel that because that was needed for that time and that space in that part of your life you cannot carry that into the newness of all the things that we're experiencing that our parents and grandparents and other people have never experienced it's a totally different walk you're trying to walk in sneakers the way that somebody did in stilettos it does not work or vice versa it does not work please cancel the subscriptions please And be honest enough to sit with God, open up the duffel bag that is you and say, can you show me me and can you help me get the outcome that you have already destined for me to have? Because if I keep looking at somebody's recipe, trying to fix it with the ingredients you gave me, I'm going to continue to be disappointed. I'm going to continue to be hard on myself and I'm going to continue to look at me like, what am I missing? What am I missing? And God needs to give you that. So I had to go ahead and just pick up this phone and call you and just give you this subscription, just download, okay? And you know, every time I say download, I want to just go ahead and just... Because that's what the Holy Spirit did to me, so I'm going to do it to you. But you know what these conversations are? They are life-provoking conversations, conversations that not everybody's going to have with you but your favorite homegirl because I take my own tea and I make it lemonade for you. Why? Because if you sip it, then it was worth me going through it. You understand? But I feel like you got what you needed. I really do. Uh, just this thing called life is, is, is such a growth. It's such a steady, steady stream of growth that I just welcome. I love who I'm becoming because I'm sitting and dissecting my contents. Mm, Love it. But I'll speak to you later. I'm going to let you let me go, okay? All right. Later.